What's up, bitches? I'm Gaia. And I'm Nitha. And this is Bitch Why. Our podcast where we talk about all the things we like and dislike and why anyone would make them. We're just a couple of artsy little dudes uh, learning about what makes art good and what makes art bad and how to talk about it. Should we start with some snacks? You know I love a snack. <laughs> you love a snack? What are you snacking on, guys? we have the same snack this week? I've been listening to Driver's License on repeat. Driver's License! Oh. Oh, I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't expecting to like live into the live in the hype. I'm actually not on TikTok because I'm a loser and I like just I'm, <laughs> I don't end up keeping up with trends. But driver's license, like on repeat, on repeat. I have a playlist where driver's license is on the playlist three times. A mood. Whenever Olivia Rodrigo says, "I still fucking love you," I lose my goddamn mind. <laughs> I'm like, have you seen? I'm, have you seen the music video? Yeah. It's intense. What the fuck? It's so intense. Also, the music video feels like it was made for TikTok. The transitions feel very TikTok, right? Like, she falls down and then she's in a different setting. Like, it feels like it was, like, made to be a TikTok trend, kind of, which is so Such a good smart. Song. And it's a great song. I've been really wrapped up in the drama. I might write a thing about it, and if I do, I'll put it in I, the like, show notes. I, like, know about the tea. Like, I've followed it, but I, I'm here for just, like, I just, like, literally listen to the song on repeat. Literally Literally, like, fuck that grown-ass woman. <laughs> yeah, fuck her. Okay. That's like, so adults, rude. Adults, first of all, you're the mature one in the situation where there's a child, so you have yeah. to be the mature one. Second yeah. of all, the song isn't mean to you. It's not mean <laughs> to you. It, like, references a blonde person. Sabrina Carpenter was like, aw, I'm sorry you're sad about your breakup, sweetie, but I'm fucking your man. How do you feel? Like, it's so mean. <laughs> it's I'm like, so what? mean. Like, like, take a deep breath. Like Take a deep breath. Have a mint. Go outside. Pick up a chicken. Okay, I feel like only you can do that on your farm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Is that... <laughs> Have you yes. just been, like, holding chickens? Chickens are actually inherently evil, so I yeah, try that's why not I was to like, hold them. I don't think you should hold a chicken. They are. They're inherently evil. We have one chicken without a beak, and her name is Beakless. Oh. <laughs> so sad. The, the farm in Indiana is so mysterious compared to the farm in Maine, because Indiana is a terrible place, but the farm mm. is very lovely. That's the update. My other snack is I rewatched all the Scream movies with my family, and I texted Harris... <laughs> watching the scream movies thought of you and then harris was like aw texts i wish boys would send me <laughs> and i was like oh sorry harris i can be your stand-in boyfriend if you I'll want i'll be harris's boyfriend any day yeah. of the week harris call me <laughs> but yeah those movies are so fun you want something to take your mind off like how crazy everything is, uh, stream driver's license and watch the Scream movies. I learned how to use a loom last week. A loom! And so I've been sitting there on my loom weaving coasters and listening to driver's license on repeat. In case anyone wants insight into my daily lifestyle, that's what I'm doing. I want a picture of that. I want a picture of you doing that. Me with um, my loom listening yeah, to driver's listening license. to driver's license. And there's always nuns that could come in, so it's, like, risky. It's, like, what if a nun walks in? What if a nun walks in and finds me yearning? Oh, my God. Speaking of yearning. Speaking of yearning. It's time oh for God. the roadmap. Time for the roadmap. We always do our segue before the roadmap, just so you get a little bit titillated. Hello, bitches. Welcome back. Or if you're new here, welcome. If you're new, every single one of our episodes besides the Taylor Swift episode <laughs> is made up of the same four parts. 
bitch what an introduction to what the heck we're talking about bitch how a technical rundown of how it succeeds and fails as a piece of art because when you go to art school you have technical things to say bitch time three minutes where no smart is allowed only idiocy and finally bitch why a sum up of the implications and why all of it matters and the bitch meter which is a little diversity score meter that we learned math to give you um as as always it doesn't it doesn't necessarily cause quality but it often correlates with quality tell that to your stats teacher everyone uh, uh, <laughs> what are we talking about this week uh, it's time for bitch what Bitch, what we are talking about is Bridgerton. Bridgerton. Honestly, I had fun. I'm excited to talk about it. Oh my god, I enjoyed it. We'll talk about it. I don't know if I liked it. Mm, that's a good, that makes sense. There's no point in like, how did we find it? I don't know how I found it. Everyone was talking about it. Yeah, everyone was just like talking about it. And then it just was like landed the number one spot on Netflix. Proud of and then her. it was like, oh, okay, guess I should guess I should watch this. Whenever something lands in the number one spot on Netflix, Nita and I are like takes notes. Takes notes, probably gotta do an episode on it for clicks. Clicks. We love your clicks. We love your clicks. <laughs> <laughs> should I should I just sum up Bridgerton real fast? Okay. You know what? I bet you could do it real fast. Okay, so the show centers on Daphne Bridgerton, who is, like, the belle of the ball this season or whatever, and then, like, through a bunch of, like, weird rom-com tropes of let's pretend to be together so that we can get out of the things we want to get out of, she ends up with Duke Simon of somewhere. Something. Something. Who is so sexy. He's very attractive. And then they uh, actually end up falling in love and getting married and, like, chaos ensues. Also, it's, like, basically Regency Gossip Girl. That's all. See, it is Regency Gossip Girl. Other things happen. There are subplots. Other things happen. There are lots of subplots. There's a lot of queer bait. And that's all. When will Eloise and Penelope <laughs> kith? <laughs> kith. Let them kith. Let them kiff. That was sexy. All right. Amazing. Let's just myself. dive right on it. Let's <laughs> just do it. It's time for bitch how. Bitch how. It's time for bitch how. Where we talk about how the thing succeeds and fails. I have like truly mixed feelings about this, which is kind okay. of why I'm excited to talk about it. There were some things that I had a really good time with. A mm -hmm. lot of things I didn't have a good time with. I think this show's greatest gift to the universe is all of the pretty people in their pretty costumes for my eyes. I just like, I, my eyes were having a good time the whole time. Like everyone was so hot. Yeah. I kind of grew up watching a lot of like period dramas, uh, specifically like British period pieces and now I kind of have been like looking back at them and being like wow this kind of actually feels like colonialist propaganda and smarter people than I have like written about like all the ways in which that like is kind of detrimental and like this really good article came out about the crown recently and how it kind of like whitewashes colonial history because you, you're, you're, like, focusing so much on the queen that you don't care about, like, Indian independence. Like, the, uh, Indian independence becomes, like, a footnote. It's, like, a short transition clip in the middle of the crown and not, like, important at all. This obviously has different politics playing around in it, but I think I'm kind of really tired of period dramas, even when, 
actors of color just get to, like, act like white people. I was talking about it with my roommates, and we were talking about, like, how, like, maybe the show would have been been better if it was truly race-blind. But then I was like, regardless, like, you still have people who were historically enslaved dressed up in slave owner costumes. It's like the direct linear opposite of blackface. Yes. In every possible way. There, another word that I saw in, in researching was, was color baiting or race baiting, which is like when your show is like, look how representative we are, but then, but then doesn't do anything with it and like ends, makes you end up feeling kind of more empty than when you started because the characters of color like kind of have no substance to them and what substance they do have kind of ends up villainizing them. What you said though about co- like colonizer costumes, I was talking with my friend Alyssa, friend of the pod, and she was like, wow, this is so shitty because I would have loved to see like what like an Asian Regency costume would look like. Why are they all dressed up in like specifically European Regency clothes? And it's like annoying there's another, it's like essence that is also just whitewashed, which, which I, I understand if you want to live in like a, a race blind world, but then the show brings race into it with that scene with the queen where she mentions like why racism doesn't exist anymore. And it's because the king, a white king fell in love with her and then like racism was over. Yeah. It, it was an, an attempt to kind of create this, like, post-racial Regency society. I think it was, like, trying to imply that it existed in a world where, like, slavery wasn't a thing ever. Which, like, without yeah. slavery, Regency, like, opulence doesn't exist. Like, the thing that I think the show failed, like, hardest on was, like, none of the things of the Regency exist without like the the beautiful costumes and the beautiful homes and like the the food and the parties none of that exists without slaves and working class people mm-hmm. and i was frustrated with it on a racism standpoint because like it was like ooh look how diverse we are by like having a lot of characters of like people of color present but most of the like central cast was white like regardless of the fact that there were central people of color like The central cast was, like, mostly white. Like, the Bridgerton family is ten characters. Nine characters. I'm so sorry. Did you count? I didn't even count. There's nine (laughs) of them. There's the mom plus the eight children. Oh, my God. It says that. Like, at one point, it's like, there's eight Bridgertons. I didn't count them. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm not smart enough to count. This family could have been Asian. Yeah. This family could have been anything not white. Here's the thing also, about Shonda Rhimes. Also, only Ra- black yeah. people of color. No non-black people I of saw color. some Asians in the background. In the background. There was I a couple a of them. I saw a few. Also. Oh, that one guy's wife. Yes. The, she was Indian. And then, like, yeah. I remember she didn't have a name. Threesome. No, she did not have a name. And uh, she was just having sex. Uh, the other thing is, like, colorism. Yeah. And only light-skinned black actors have roles and, like, personalities. And I know I just noticed in the background of this show, like, all of the dark-skinned actors are, like, ensemble. They, like, don't have anything of substance to do. And then the one Simon's friend who is a boxer is, like, affected by class. And then I, I guess the show's not telling me he's affected by race, but because racism existed at some point, because they acknowledged that racism exists, it, it, it kind of felt like that scene with the queen 
kind of felt like that when people were like, oh, Obama's president, so racism yeah. doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> oh, it's like, geez. oh, the, the white king married a black queen, so racism is over. But then the, sh- and I, I think the show is like too fluffy to like tackle any of this. So, so it's not like its fault that it can't. It's just too fluffy. That being said, I was very happy living in this kind of like brandy Cinderella world where it was like race just wasn't acknowledged, but then then they brought but then they brought it. it up. And and the my other problem with that is like the narratives that the black characters have um in contrast to the narratives that the white characters have it's kind of like i mean they're all demonized like uh, marina marina gets done dirty by this show <laughs> she gets she gets done so dirty and her yeah, like give switch, marina some rights oh my god and her switch into kind of like becoming a villain happens yeah. like within within an episode like you don't even like see her kind of like journey with that but she becomes like this boyfriend stealing pregnant gold digging <laughs> Like, seriously? <laughs> Trying like, to trap a white man, rich white man. Like, she becomes a villain. Simon is aggressive in a way that, like, feels racially charged. Yeah, I mean, I would say, like, something that I noticed right away, mm-hmm. like, as soon as there was, like, a duel happening surrounding Daphne's honor, I was like, you're gonna, like, bring that in? Like, <laughs> like that's just, like such a charged situation like a a specifically a white man wanting to kill a black man for theoretically having sex with a white woman which would be like inherently bad for him to do mhm that's like the plot of like a lynching mm-hmm. from real life yeah i i understand here's here's the thing like shonda rhymes this is her first thing with Netflix. She left ABC, and we can talk about, like, why she left ABC um, and bitch why. She is kind of, like, the queen of, like, interracial relationships, but only if a white person is involved. Like, in Scandal and Grey's Anatomy and How to Get Away with Murder, she often does this. And, and like, I, I kind of, I would just love some more interracial couples where a white person isn't involved. And I know that, like, the pairing, like, the combination of a black man and a white woman is already kind of, like, racially loaded. But there are so many, like, in Daphne's being, like, this, like, very innocent, like, dainty white woman. And then Simon kind of being this, like, aggressive, like, black man who, like, shows her what sex is and, like, is in charge of her. And then, you know, gets in trouble with Antony for, like deflowering her like defiling (laughs) soiling her it's so gross it's so gross and then you know she rapes him which is a whole other thing i think i skipped the episode in which that happened i skipped one episode you skipped the episode where they all they do is fuck (laughs) i skipped episode seven and i'm sorry listeners (laughs) it's just wait did you see them fucking in the library no Oh yeah, you missed the you missed the whole episode where all they did was have sex. Yeah. Um I was like watching episode six and I was like, I just don't know how much I can take. <laughs> and then I was like, what if I watched episode eight to see if I could figure out what was happening from context cues? Mm. I have a lot of feelings about like Daphne not understanding like sex and like 
the fact yeah. that she doesn't masturbate until like Simon teaches her teaches what her. that is and then like she unlocks her like sexuality with a man and like it takes a man for her to do that and then like I'm sure that this happened a lot where like she she gets really mad at her mom and she's like asking all these women in his, in her oh, like state her place. estate she's like hey uh how do you make a baby because like simon won't explain to her like why this is a post-it note problem like simon refusing to explain why he doesn't want to procreate and like have an heir is the stupidest yeah plot that point was ever i mean that was like my biggest like that was the reason i skipped episode seven because i was like i i'm always frustrated by plot lines in stories that could be solved in like a single conversation one conversation but yeah. i was like thinking about the consent dynamic and i didn't watch the episode that the that you're talking about so i'd love to hear what you mm-hmm. think about that the nuances of consent in the episode where they have sex for the first time and she literally has no idea what sex is yeah and they have sex. She literally doesn't know what sex is. And yeah. in the show, it's, like, not a bad thing because she she likes it. So it's fine. Yeah, it's, yeah. like, cool. But, yeah. like, first of all, who has a good first time? No one. <laughs> ever. Ever, like, ever. And second of all, like, that's so narratively, like, creepy. And, like, as soon as you examine that with anything more than, like, a cursory, like, oh, that was, like, a really romantically filmed sex scene. Because it was. It was, like, a sexy scene to watch. But it was so... But if you look anywhere more than, like, just the base surface level of it, you're like, oh, my God. What the fuck? Yeah, and her her kind of being amazed by his body was, like, giving me slave play vibes. It Watch was. Slave Play by Jeremy O'Hare. It Harris. really was. Or like, read it, her I guess. being like, oh my god. And then the second they have sex, she becomes like a sex fiend. She's like, I want fuck me all the time. And then like they fuck on a staircase, they fuck in the library, they fuck they fuck everywhere. I saw the scene where they fucked in a ladder on a ladder. I on the ladder that. in the library, yeah. And it's like, but then still doesn't understand why he he keeps pulling out. She's like, this is Confusing. That is not very effective birth control. It's not everyone. it's not effective birth control. Sex ed. But like he he keeps doing it. She doesn't understand why. So then what she does is she gets on top of him and then he can't get her off of him and then he finishes inside of her and then she's like, "Great, I'm going to be pregnant now." And he gets so angry. And like again, this is like if she didn't know what she was agreeing to the first time they had sex, like, Simon did not know what he was agreeing to when she got on top of him and, like, wouldn't let him off. Simply because, like, they just won't have a straightforward conversation. And the thing is, is, like, I don't know if I would be so mad about these issues in consent if they had then in the show been like, hey, like, I let's have a conversation about what this means. Like, if the show yeah. had been interested in interacting with those things at all, beyond the, like, oh, none of the girls know what sex is and all of the guys know what sex is. Oh, my God, when Eloise spends an entire episode trying to figure out what sex is. Yeah. Like, that's wild to me. Like, and I understand that's probably, like, what it was like for women then, probably. I don't know. But, like, I mean, Daphne ends up not being pregnant. And then at the end of the show, they, like, have a baby. I would have loved to see the conversation where that would have happened, like what you were talking about. I was talking about it with my roommates, and 
I felt like a lot of the like interesting things that I wanted to explore more happened off se- off screen. Mm-hmm. They spent a lot of the show which with just them kind of like yearning and being tense around each other and I was kind of like like they don't bang till episode 5. Like yeah. It's a lot of time to to gaze tenderly at an individual. So yeah. they spend so much time on that, but they don't ever have, like, a real legitimate conversation about Simon's trauma with his father and, like, growing mm-hmm. up in an abusive home. They don't ever have, like, a legitimate conversation about sex and, like, what that means for them. They don't ever have, like, a real serious conversation about having children beyond, like, she wants to have children and he doesn't for reasons mm-hmm. he won't tell her. Having all of those conversations, like, maybe it would seem kind of on the nose, but I think it would be super interesting to watch them actually navigate the situation as opposed to, like, the fake version of navigating the situation where they realize they're in love with each other and then the problems stop existing. My my whole thing is I didn't really even believe that they were in love. I, I will say that in general, like... And I, I don't really like straight people that much, so, like, this is, <laughs> this is big for me. Um, in general, throughout the show, I generally wanted their thing to work out. Like, when they talked to each other and, like, had conversations where they didn't hate each other, mm. their chemistry was really good. I think the actors had really good chemistry. I, I thought, like, the sex scenes were well filmed. I obviously missed a lot of them, but, yeah, you know, you the missed, ones I watched you mi- Okay, you missed the whole... Thing where they're fucking to the Taylor Swift, co- the Wildest Dreams Regency version, and it's like a montage of them fucking. I'm so sad that I missed this. Gaia, that's why I don't believe this, because it's so, it's so cringy, and it's like, it's a lot. And when he tells her, like, I burn for you, I believed him, but I didn't believe her, and really? I think- Yes, and I think that a lot of it is just that she's boring. I think yeah. Daphne is fucking boring. I think this is the Bella Swan, like, blank slate problem. Yes. Of, like, she is so boring that you can just project all of your shit onto her and then be like, oh my god, Simon. That actress did a fine job, but, like, she has no personality. I think no the personality. actress did a good job with an underwritten role. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think the actress, when she got acting moments, she really held her own. She yeah. was so pretty, and I liked looking at her, um, and she can give me a kiss. But that's kind of the, the Queen's Gambit thing. Yeah. Yeah, see, Danica, Danica, friend of the pod, um, Hi, Danica. posted, like, a screenshot of this essay that we'll, we'll put in the oh, show notes. this applies to this show, too. <gasps> and, and the thing was, like, is Anya Taylor-Joy really that phenomenal of an actor? And she probably is, but she also has a, such a big face that you can project whatever you're feeling onto her, and it's the camera that's, like, really, like giving you access to her whole big blank baby face. And I feel like Daphne is kind of the same thing. Obviously, she's no Anya Taylor-Joy, but kind of the same thing of she's really not doing too much. And and I think one that plays into that, like, innocent dainty thing, which I already don't like because in juxtaposition to Simon, it, like, racially feels very weird to me. But on top of that... I don't know. I th- maybe I maybe it's cuz we're gay, but like I've seen better yearning and I've seen more believable yearning and I've seen yearning where the hand touch is like electric and yeah. I guess straight people have like lower standards. 
for yearning. <laughs> for yearning. <laughs> My standards for yearning are astronomical. I saw a mattress ad the other day, and I lost my shit. And there's even some, like, with Benedict, who is definitely bisexual. That He's man bi. is bisexual, and it made me so mad when they paired him with the, um, with seamstress. The seamstress. I was I like, was seriously? Like, that You're was not gonna gay. let him kiss that painter man he has yeah. a crush on? The monologue he had where he was like, I just need to be my own person. And, like, there's things that I got to do for myself. And it, I was like, either he's going to talk about wanting to, like, go become an artist or he's going to talk about fucking that no, guy. No, okay. And he did and neither. The scene, the scene in the, with, on the swing set between him and Eloise at night where she was like, you just need to do what you want. And he's like, it's different for me. I can't do that because for me, that mm. is, like, more impossible than it is for you. The natural conclusion is that he's queer. Both of them are queer. They're both queer. Both of them. And that's why <gasps> they're queer. They're queer. And that's why they smoke cigarettes on the swing sets together. And that's why neither of them understand Daphne. But the thing is, the the trailers for this show, like, you know the scene where he walks in on the painter yeah. guy fucking the other guy? Yeah. That was, like, in the trailer. So I was led to believe this show was going to be a lot gayer than it was. Shonda it was doesn't. Very straight it was super duper straight and like eloise is also still very very coded like she's clearly not the coding she's not explicitly there yet and at least from the trajectory of the books the second book focuses on antony oh god the second worst character in the show the worst character in the show i like daphne better than i like him he promises his sister to a rapist yep he did that he did that and then he didn't believe that the guy was a rapist until a man told told him him. yeah and i hated how he fucked over his girlfriend girlfriend. and then expected her actually that was great when she didn't take him back i was like fuck yeah fuck yeah oh i was gonna say earlier my other major problem with the show like major problem was how the show handled class first of all like i have trouble empathizing with rich people Mm-hmm. Just in general, it was really hard to, like, feel any stakes in their problems because they were just so absurd that I just didn't care. Like, it, it was really hard for me to get invested in, like, the Featheringtons having, like, their financial ruin when I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you have the, like, the non-liquid wealth to fix this yeah by changing your lifestyle yeah you have like constant backdrop of servants and having scenes where they would go into the town and be among working class people it just felt so icky and they were not part of the story and the characters that did who were working class who did get to be in part of the story first of all there was the boxer the boxer was framed as greedy for making choices about saving his family yeah he's also the only dark-skinned actor with a with a speaking role you could argue that the one that what's her name the the like aunt yeah she's also kind of reminds me of like this like magical black person trope where she's like all knowing yeah and like pushes simon along so again feels very empty in terms of personality anyway so there was the boxer then there's the sex worker and uh, not the sex worker she's an actress but she the opera yeah she takes a lot of her financial stability from relationships she has with rich men Mm -hmm. um she doesn't end up getting framed in like a positive light. And then there's Madame Delacroix, 
who's like kind of working class, but she's also kind of up there in the monies. She's the dressmaker lady. Oh, yes. Who is like kind of portrayed as like kind of like a hustler for like mm. having a fake accent and like <gasps> yeah. playing all of these um, rich people. And so I was like, can we have some class consciousness? Like, can you like expand your mind slightly? There was like a couple times, it was kind of like lampshading, a a couple lampshading moments where they would talk about class, but not in a way that actually mattered. Like Mm -hmm. that actually like informed the story and like did anything to change the story's fundamental flaws with addressing class. So like there's a moment where Eloise accuses one of the servants of being Madame Whistledown. Ma- Lady Whistledown. Lady Whistledown. Lady Whistledown. Um, <laughs> and the servant's like, I'm literally too busy working. You are so stupid. Yeah, that um, was great. <laughs> and then there's like a moment where like the Featherington sisters are talking about having to wear a dress twice and everyone's like, this is stupid. And like moment where they, where Daphne and Antony don't know how to heat up milk because they don't know how to use a stove. Oh my God. Um, which was funny. <laughs> that was really funny. They were like, we'll but just drink it cold. <laughs> class is so woven into the fabric of the show. I only demand of media what the media puts in itself. So if you're mm. going to make class a formative and prominent part of your thing, then right. you have to have thoughts about class you have to engage with class. And this show wasn't ready to engage with class. It just wanted to live the fantasy land of, like, rich people. It wasn't willing to, like, put us in fantasy land. It had to fill it with servants and working class people. Right. What's your deal? That's the same problem it has with race, is, like, this is an imperialist story, These are stories that center around, like, the reason the Bridgertons and the Featheringtons are worthy of having their stories told is because they are rich and white. And, like, to dress it up in, like, black and brown and class devoid ambiguity is confusing because of the way that the story and the narrative literally is happening because of 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 class and race does that make sense yeah because like it's like what i was saying earlier you can't look at like the the finery and the like fluff and the gorgeousness of regency right without knowing that every single piece of that finery was made by black brown and working class people exactly that was hot that was sexy i'm (laughs) proud of us um (laughs) should we do bitch time yeah it's time to bitch Okay, ready, set, go. I hate empire wastes. I hate empire wastes. Yeah, they don't, they don't do anything them. for anyone. No, they remind me of, you know, those clothes from, like, Justice or Limited 2, where the top, yeah. and, like, that's literally... With the built-in I, bras. Yes, I have empire waste trauma. Like, <laughs> yeah, children's like, clothes. A lot of people have been talking to me about how sexy the costumes are, and I'm like, yeah, like, I get that they're cool historical costumes, but then I see them, and I'm like, this is ugly. Honestly, they weren't even that... They weren't even that great. I'm sorry. They weren't that sexy. My, oh, I have a stupid, I have a stupid thing. Um, Good. the pop covers, interesting choice. I don't think they did the right pop songs all the time. T. 
I think, like, there was one cover of Bad Guy. Am I right? There was, like, there was, like, a Billie Eilish cover, I think. I think. That's hot. I watched it, like, two weeks ago. Um, there were some, there was, oh, there were Seven Rings, I think. Yeah, I know Seven Rings was in And there. I just was, like, you guys, you guys picked the wrong songs. Like, Where was WAP? WAP? WAP. Is it WAP or WAP? It's WAP. <laughs> but I feel Sorry, like, everyone. I feel like they could have picked better ones that would have made it, like, because what they do normally when they film TV shows is they, uh, plug the songs in later. And I feel like they could have just, Where was know. Driver's License by Olivia Rodrigo? Where was Driver's License? It hadn't come out yet, but Everything no is excuse. Driver's License. Everything goes back to Driver's License. I liked the Queen's yeah. wigs. I liked her wigs. They were so cool every they time. Cool. It was, like, just a cool, weird wig. Um, Simon is so hot. He's so pretty. Yeah. He's pretty, and Daphne is pretty, and I think Penelope was really pretty. Marina, I Penelope's gorgeous. Marina was pretty. Gorgeous. I, I hate Antony Sideburns. Uh, yeah. I, I guess, like, them. I had an excellent, like, <laughs> queer time witnessing the cast, despite like nothing queer happening. Benedict, Benedict super hot. He's but, hot. Like, he's bisexual. That man is not bisexual. To, not to say this out loud, but Colin was hot. Colin was adorable. I think mean, he's too he's too young for me, but he was yeah. he was cute. He was a cute little guy. Yeah. They were all cute. They were all cute. I really loved Eloise. Penelope yeah. was adorable. You know Eloise and Penelope are like 30 in real life. What? They're like Let 30. And then Daphne is like 25, the actress. Oh. Yeah. People Interesting are like freaking dynamics. out. Um <laughs> Yeah, the sexy people really were, like, a lot of my enjoyment of the show. Yeah, I mean, everyone is attractive. Um, That's the thing with Shonda shows, is, like, everyone's always hot. Like, Kerry Washington and the guy who plays the president, oh, very hot. When you're sexy, you don't have to be interesting. That's the title of the episode. That is the title. That's the title. That's, <laughs> that's the, the title. <laughs> what was I going to say? I had a funny thought. Oh, I keep, like, reading in places, they're like, Penelope's clothes weren't flattering to her, and I was like, oh, are you mad because her clothes aren't, she's not dressed to make her look thin? By flattering, do you mean made to look thin? Oh, you know what? Okay, it's time for a bitch, why? It is time. The conversation with Marina and Penelope, where Marina is like, you're not marriage material for Colin, I am, is coded so heavily as you're fat and not pretty enough for him, and I am. Yeah. And, like, another reason why Marina just gets done so dirty is, like, she comes into this space, and for the moment, at the beginning of the show, you're like, okay, this show's not talking about race, I think, but the fact that this white family hates her guts. Yeah, immediately. Uh, immediately. For no reason. For no reason, you're like- You're like- Racism? Racism. <laughs> Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's racism. Maybe it's racism. Did you ever watch Gossip Girl? No, I okay. know we know someone who's starring in the reboot. Literally, yeah. Um, so so here's the the reveal of like who Gossip Girl was was in the very last episode of the very last season. It's Dan, who was the kind of like outsider person, um, because he wasn't rich and because he wasn't like 
a part of the, like, group of people who were always getting into stuff, but he dated Serena and whatever, played by Penn Badgley. So it makes sense that Penelope is Lady Whistledown, spoiler alert. I don't know why you'd be listening to this episode if you hadn't seen it and got this far, but it's, I, I guess, because the show just gets compared to Gossip Girl a lot, I am like, ugh, why is Penelope the outsider person? Is it because she's obviously born into a rich family, but she's not interesting enough um, to be paid as much attention to? And why is she not paid as much attention to? It's oh, she's is fat. it because she's just fat? Just say it. Yeah. <laughs> I just wish fat representation, like, I know that there are a lot of forces in this world that are, like, fat people aren't hot, but I think we need to accept that fat people are hot and, like, allow that to exist within our fictional universes. Like, it's so frustrating when you see conventionally attractive fat people being played as if they're, like, so unfathomably ugly that they could never be in a relationship. Like, I know they're just playing into the societal, like, standard of, like, fat equals ugly, and, like, fat is something that, like, makes you fundamentally undesirable, but, like, can we leave that behind? Like, so I think that was, like, a shot at, like, representation. I think it was like, ooh, look, our show has a fat character. Yeah. Like, I don't think that counts as representation when the whole show portrays her as her most significant flaw as a character is that she's fat. No one yeah. in the universe will take her seriously because of it. Can we be free from this? And the actress is, like, hot. Like, I'm mad. Her and Eloise are both, like, oh my god, if they dated, it would have been perfect. I know you're not gonna do it, season two, Bridgerton writers, but, like... Also, if season two's about Antony, ugh. Can we, can we, like... Please. Ensure that that doesn't happen. Who do we email? I guess here's the thing is like I think it might be because people thought he was hot enough and like the sh- epi- the season ended on his kind of like I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna renounce love. <laughs> I think I'm gonna renounce love forever. <laughs> okay, Benedict is right there being bisexual. So Shonda Rhimes left ABC. She had this kind of final straw moment with so ABC Disney is the parent company of ABC. She had like year-round Disney passes and her children did she wanted to get one for her sister or something and then Disney was like no and she's like why the fuck not like are you really gonna draw the line at like one Disneyland ticket for me like I'm literally the reason you guys make this much money like I'm the reason your Thursday nights on ABC get any traction like are you not gonna give me this one stupid thing I ask for it was just a dumb microaggression, but to her it meant a lot, and I get it. Like, I get it, because if you're, like, the sole reason... If you're Shonda Rhimes. If you're fucking Shonda Rhimes, uh, you deserve a goddamn Disneyland ticket. And so that's why... That was, like, her final straw. There was probably a billion other things, but that's why she was like, I'm out. I'm gone. I'm done. And then she went to Netflix. And then this was, like, her first outside of the jurisdiction of, like, a company that's kind of forcing her to make some decisions. This is the show she made. And, like, these are the characters she put in this way. And, like, these are the narratives she put her, like, mostly light-skinned black actors in. I expected more, but I guess I don't because it's Shonda. Like, she did this on Scandal. She did this on How to Get Away with Murder. She did, she did this on Grey's. Like, there's often not that many queer characters. If they are there, they're off to the side. Um, all the interracial relationships are with black and white people and not, like, anybody else. 
I guess sometimes when I see, like, representation done poorly by people of color, whether it be, like, this or Mindy Kaling, my first thing is, like, okay, well, it was probably, like, the studio. It was probably the studio making them make some decisions that they didn't want to make, and it was kind of annoying. But then when you get your own thing and you're kind of allowed to do whatever you want, and this is still the thing you make, these are all the mistakes you still make, it's like, come on. You didn't see how Daphne being this, like, very dainty white woman and Simon, like, doing some things might feel weird to some people, or, like, you didn't see how Marina being villainized as one of the only black women in this show, like, would have been a problem. I think this show actually maybe should have just had no white people. If they wanted to go full out, yeah. maybe it would have been fun to see, like, black and brown people in these, just like, Just fully lush... inhabiting yes. the white, like, land. Kind of like a Men in Boats. Yes, kind of like Men in Boats. Jacqueline Backus. Jacqueline Backus. Queen. Changed my life. Also, like, cast, like, like, definitely cast black people in things, but also non-white people who aren't black should also get roles. And uh, cast people who aren't just light-skinned. I say yeah, this as, like, dark a lighter actors. Indian person. Don't just cast people with my skin tone, please. I had fun while watching it. Fun. Like, I was never, like, we just, like, roasted the fuck out of this show yeah. for, like, this whole episode. Mm -hmm. I, I don't want to say, like, it's a total loss. There's something to be said for, like, you can no longer make shows without people of color on them. You can't make period shows without people of color in them. Nobody can ever do that ever again. And yeah. I think this show, like, kind of marks that. And I think that's exciting. I had fun the whole time. It was stupid and I had fun. And, you know, if you are going to be a fluff piece that doesn't want to talk about things of significance, then you have to leave the things of significance at the door. And be really careful. And be careful to not touch them. Yeah, that's actually my note for Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes, hello. Um... <laughs> Hire me. Uh, please hire me. Shonda, please. I loved Scandal. Please. Like, <laughs> my note for every single thing we ever review mm -hmm. is leave the things you don't want to talk about at the door. Otherwise, we're forced to count it and give you a bad score on the bitch meter. Also, <laughs> if you are having an entirely white cast of something, that counts as accidentally addressing something that you don't feel like addressing. Yeah, tea. Yeah, no, I feel like I, I, I too had fun when I was watching this. Like, it's a, it's a soap opera. Like, it keeps yeah. you going, like, it keeps you watching because you're like, I just want to know what's going on. So I watch, watched the first five episodes in succession and then I had yeah. to go to sleep. Yeah. Um, and, as, and when I watched the first five episodes, I just watched them one right after the other and I, like, had to force myself to go to bed. But then after I turned it off, I did not feel like turning it back on again. Yeah. And that's this show. They actually had an intimacy coordinator. That's sexy, and maybe that's why the sex scenes are good. Well, they are no, good. They're just so cringy. Like after a while, I was just was like, stop! Like, I can don't. You stop? I don't want to see. Face this to black anymore. for once. Yeah, I was like, I can't actually don't want to see more sex, which was very weird. But like, so apparently that rape thing is a holdover from the books. Like that's in the books. Yeah. And I know that, like, we've worked with intimacy coordinators. Like, we've, Yeah, we love we've, an intimacy coordinator. I love them. Like, they are a thing from theater that went into film that, like, I'm so glad that, like, film and TV are embracing intimacy coordinators. I wish that that intimacy coordinator, I don't, I know that they don't have jurisdiction over, like, plot or narrative, but that would have been a great moment to talk about whether or not that plot point 
where or she... Or to talk about having a conversation about it later. That needed to be addressed later, and it just wasn't. I guess that's really all I have to say in terms of Can we impact. do the bitch meter? I think we should do the bitch meter. This is where we rank the thing on representation. We This is the number y'all came for. What did we give it for queer, Gaia? We gave it a one uh, for bait. Uh, it was in the trailer, but it wasn't in the show. Come on. I mean, there is like some gay sex, but you see it really quickly. There's like a, like a flash of gay sex. It's, it's blink if you mix, miss it. Gay sex. If you, Literally, if you miss the one scene, you miss all the gay sex. It's not even a scene. It's like a flash in a scene. He, it's like, like an orgy. He gay He's sex, like walking he... through an orgy. And also like that's the only gay sex in that whole orgy. It's an orgy. Well, Benedict does have sex with two, two women. women but yeah. that doesn't feel gay that that's feels not gay. gross that feels heterosexual not to say to there's me. anything wrong with a man having sex with two non-men but it felt straight gazy it felt straight yeah so i refuse to give it any credit exactly great what do we give it for gender for gender we gave it a five out of five because it's actually really evenly split and there's a lot of women in it and the women are different and cool, except for Daphne. What do we give it for race? We gave it a three out of five. Uh, there are a lot of people of color, but most of them are in the background. Uh, there's a lot of, like, complexity surrounding race that this show doesn't necessarily address. Um, could do better. I will literally die on the hill that the Bridgertons could have been Asian. Yeah. They could have been Asian. And NA for disability. Um, what did we give it for body positivity? We gave it a one out of five for body positivity because there is one fat person in it. They touched it and went, ew. <laughs> no. By it, I mean body positivity, not the fat person that's in this No, show. I know. They literally like, here you go. Here's one fat person. Aren't you proud of They're us? They're like holding it with like two fingers as like You're far like, away from their bodies. So they can't. They're like, uh, this is we, a fat person. We covered, we covered it. Aren't you happy? Aren't you proud of us? No, I'm not. We're really not. What do we give it for class? We gave it a three because the story is definitely informed by class. Um, it just doesn't really have any interesting things to say about it. Um, which gives us a final score of drum Five out of ten. I love it when the bitch meter number is just like, yeah, huh, that's no, right. That makes sense. I that can't believe we learned math and our math, like, we're like, we're like Einstein. You know when Einstein <laughs> discovered his theory of relativity? The bitch meter is <laughs> basically the theory of relativity. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, wow. Einstein, thanks wow. for the math. Amazing. It's, it's time, time for, for Harris's, Harris's hot take. take. Hello. Hello. My love. It's so nice to hear your voice. I love your voice as well. (laughs) Harris, I've called for your hot take. On Bridgerton. Bridgerton? Can I be honest? Yes. I had no interest at all in watching that show. (laughs) Um, I didn't watch it because I, I just, I don't like period. But the only period movie I've liked has been The Favorite with Emma Stone. You know what? That's a hot take. That's good. That's a hot take. That's beautiful. Harris's take was literally like, just watch The Favorite. (laughs) Harris's take is watch The Favorite and... The Favorite's so good. And that's... Are there any any gay people in Bridgerton? No. (laughs) 
There's like one gay person, but it's weird. Are there any scenes like in the favorite where Emma Stone is giving someone a hand job while giving them monologue? No, but that's the sexy part of this one Macbeth that I really like. Uh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, I love you. Bye, I love Bye, you. Harris. Bye, Watch the Michael Fassbender version of Macbeth because it's got um, Marianne Cotillard giving Michael Fassbender a handjob as Lady Macbeth while doing the, like, the speech where she tells him to kill Duncan. Holy shit. And it's hot. It's, like, hot. Wow. Putting it in the show notes. (laughs) Shakespeare during sex. Just saying. Don't knock until you try it. Don't knock until you try it. Jesus um okay what are you working on (laughs) i axed my honors thesis i'm not gonna write it because i just want to fucking graduate and i'm tired and i and i realized like all the writing i want to do is like screenplays and pop culture commentary and i don't think an honors thesis about like the racism and sexism and acting school training technique really fits into that and I can just learn about that on my own, and I don't need to write a hundred-page honors thesis to do it. So I I made the decision to like exit, and now I'm doing a part-time semester this semester and next semester, and it's gonna be so chill. And I'm really excited to just like have an like I'm just gonna be acting all semester. So I'm not gonna have a single thought, just no thoughts, no thoughts, no thoughts, empty. just movement. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, I miss that shit. What are you working on? Um, I just did callbacks for the movie I wrote. Yay! Um, and that's kind of like a fun thing that's been in the works. Do you want to see my my sweater that I'm embroidering <gasps> based on the graffiti in the gender-neutral yes. bathroom at Playwrights Horizons Theater School? Let me see it! This is how far she's come. Wow, Gaia, that looks really good. Thank you. If you're if you go to Playwrights Horizons Theater School for some reason and you <laughs> want me to make you some sort of item of clothing with the graffiti from the third floor gender neutral bathroom, you know what I'm talking about, then just just ask me. I'll probably do it. This needs to be on our merch. Oh yeah. I'm thinking about marketing it to playwright students <gasps> and seeing if I can get some money out of it. I think you should. I really think you should. One day, one day our podcast will be big enough where it will make sense for us to sell merchandise. One day. One day. If you want that to happen, tell your friends about Bitch Wine. Tell your friends wine. to listen to this podcast. If you want us to receive financial compensation for <laughs> our, our work that we do every week for free, you can follow me on Instagram at Gaia Rose River or Gaia River Rose, depending on what you want from me. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nitha underscore Thadani, T-H-A-D-A-N-I. Uh, you can follow the Bitch Why Podcast on Instagram or Twitter at Bitch Why Podcast. And you can email us at b.tchwhy at gmail.com. We love an email. Yes, all of the resources referenced will be in the show notes. Thank you to our editor co-producer and gay god cameron fry and our graphic designer jillian good night bitches good night bitches (laughs) have a good sleep get your rest you have a big day tomorrow i'm selling you to one direction (laughs) oh my god